This is the Chicago Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Thank you for downloading this episode of Out Front, this very special and different edition of Out Front. On our show, we do a lot of politics. We tackle a lot of serious issues. If you listen to our last two shows of Out Front, we've been dealing with the fallout and gun control and everything that has to do with what happened in Orlando and how it relates to stuff that has come before. It's been very serious, very not us in a way because we like to have a little bit more fun than other political places do. But now, today, we present to you this basically fictitious reality because if there's one movie that I truly love growing up, it was the movie Independence Day. I saw that movie in theater 17 times. 17. I know that that's insane. I don't care. I loved that movie in the theater. And we're going to pretend today, just for the fun of it, to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the War of 96 and the release of Independence Day. Uh, what, what, what is it called, actually? I don't even know the name of the full movie. Independence Day. Uh, it's not Resurrection. It's Independence Day. I can't believe I'm blacking on, blanking on this. Uh, I don't even know. Yeah, no, it's just Independence Day 2 to me. And I've it's not Resurrection. Resurgence. Independence Day Resurgence. I didn't even look it up. I just popped back in there. But we're going to pretend that that all happened, and we're going to do our normal show, except that in 1996, the world was almost obliterated by aliens. What do you think, AJ? You, want, you ready to have some fun with me today? Let's go down that magical road. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we present to you the out front players, or what did they call them on Saturday Night Live, the not ready for primetime players? Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. This will be AJ and I pretending that the War of 96 happened, and yet we still have a podcast. Doesn't matter. The logic holds up. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for downloading this episode of Out Front. I am Nick Serranos, joined over the interwebs and Skype by my good buddy, AJ Signeri. AJ, say hello to the people. Hey, people. So... Here it is, AJ. It's about a week out from what is being celebrated all over the world as arguably the most important anniversary and holiday in human history. It is the anniversary of the War of 96, that terrible day uh, all of us will remember. It started on July 2nd and ran through it was, it was the most incredible three days in human history, and that was the day that the aliens, uh, the locusts as we now call them, arrived here on earth and set to kill all of us to reconquer to conquer this planet and destroy our natural resources which you know they just given us time we would apparently be more conv- uh, more than willing to do it ourselves but as we look back on the last 20 years and in many ways the technological growth that we've experienced since that happened but also the reluctance of some of the old guard uh, to not share in our experiences and our achievements with the rest of the world, I felt it would be appropriate for us to take a look back and, and really look at the world as we see it now and, and why we are still having such a problem moving the world forward to this one world ideal. Because if there's one thing 20 years ago taught us, AJ, it's that with a reason, 
we can all put aside all of the, as President Whitmore said in that wonderful speech all those years ago, we can put aside our petty differences. And, and the fact that the 4th of July really has, as he predicted, become a global holiday. It's Global Unity Day. You know, it, it, it's the most important day of the year. And we are 20 years out from this. And still, we are dealing with political nonsense from, and I, and I don't like just lumping people in on stuff, but, you know, from the right who are, who are so hell-bent on just trying to maintain this American exceptionalism, not understanding that the world has grown into one thing and we are hell-bent on making sure that something like that never happens to us and here they are constantly fighting with us i'm just 20 years later aj can you believe that we are still fighting over this petty bullshit i i kind of am um <clears throat> i mean I mean, you gotta remember i mean this was a time when when they locusts came in and everything um i, I lived out here in rural Illinois and you know when those that tragic event happened um, my family and I had to be uprooted we lived in various compounds and we just you know had to fend for ourselves and still become the survivalist that I'm still am today but you know I'm not totally surprised of why you know we have all these petty Arguments, especially um, those the Republicans who still don't quite understand the intergalactic um, issues that we have and everything. I mean, obviously, since the locusts came, you know, we have a more of a greater existential thought as to what's beyond our rock that's called Earth and everything. So these petty fights that we have and not really putting time and effort into the kind of research that we need to be conducting in order to fight off these locusts um, is just really sad. And I, I wish I had a better answer as to what we can do as a human race. Well, well first of all, what we can do is stop acting like the old borders matter. Look, if these guys show up again, they're not going to give a shit that, oh, look, we're only going to attack America and then stop at the Rio Grande. I mean, that shit, that, that, that stuff needs to stop. It just needs to stop. You have Mitch McConnell still in charge of the Senate, and he just, oh, yeah, I uh, know. We should not send those guns over there because they could be used against us. As if in, in the last 20 years of relative peace worldwide you know you give it reminds me of president kennedy's uh, ability to motivate the united states to focus on the goal of putting a man on the moon and while the 60s was a turbulent decade we never lost sight of that goal and then we're very united on the moment when it happened and now we, we've got a congress we've got a senate that is so divided over the issue of whether or not to share this stuff i mean look democrats have had to pose three sit-ins just to make sure that those uh, f-22 raptors with the alien enhancements were able to get over to israel for israel for god's sake one of our biggest allies in the country and they're in the world and they're afraid that by doing so we're opening ourselves up to all sorts of attack not to mention by the way acting like the other countries didn't have a terrible thing on the fourth of july 20 years ago they they act AJ, like 
this only happened to us. This was a worldwide catastrophe. Everybody was hit by it. And the people who weren't were, became so cut off, infrastructuralized. I mean, look, you remember the first five years after that shit happened. You, you've said to me several times, back on the old radio station since we've started the podcast, you've told me that you spent five years basically traversing around the American Midwest through all the grain fields, living off of freaking handouts from people. I mean, I know that, listen, I know they weren't actually handouts, but you know what I mean? Like, it was just... The, the, the charity effort was unbelievable, but at the same time, people are moving all over the place. I mean, my dad had to get us up to Wisconsin. I, I'll be honest, we, Glenview was just far enough from the blast that when we went back about six days afterwards, you know, our house was still there. Most of our stuff was still there, but... You know, even without the survivalist aspect, we didn't have power for a year and a half. You know, we had to have my my, my buddy Anthony Wallace, his family had to build the water mill right off of the Des Plaines River. And then the OLPH, which is where I went to grade school, built that windmill and the water mill right next to the school on that north branch of the Chicago River there. And we started to build our way back. And within 10 years, you know, the Empire State Building was back. We had rebuilt, you know, what I still call Nakatomi Plaza because I don't care if aliens attack or not, that's still the building from Die Hard. And we rebuilt most of D.C. I mean, the, the, the rebuilding of D.C. and all of the monuments is one of the greatest public work expenditures of all time, which led to a massive economic boon. And you fast forward five years after that, and it's back to business as usual. Republicans are proposing tax cuts all over, like we don't need massive tax revenues to pay for the rebuilding of all of this shit. And it's just, it's been year after year of slowly trying to reset the clock back to 1996 as if none of this shit happened. And I find it, I find it so frustrating, man, that it, it, it does. It makes me so mad. And I get goosebumps when I think about the fact that what do they want? Do they want England to just get blown up if these guys come back? It's so short-sighted. Again, 50 years of this, AJ, Republican short-sightedness, man. Well, and you're absolutely right. And, you know, and I, but here's what I also said. You know, as much as this has been a travesty <clears throat> of what happened in 96, I mean, but we still need to, like, reach out to those, you know, call them aliens, call them locusts. I mean, whatever you want to call them. That there are other life forms that we can probably work with since we know there's more species outside of us, obviously. And, and as hard as it may seem, yeah, these locusts that are, you know, attacking us and what happened on that fateful day was horrendous. But at the same token, um, there's also got to be a demographic of those species that feel our pain or at least understand that you know not everything outside of our galaxy is aggressive obviously they're very territorial obviously they have an agenda and everything and those are the ones that we need to be removing but at the same token it's just we can't just assume everything outside of earth and the milky way galaxy is just about to attack us and that's the only motive that they have just to come to earth and obliterate us well i saw neil degrasse tyson on colbert a couple years ago talking about this and he he was saying you know colbert was still on the report at that point he was still in character but tyson was trying to make the point he said look the fact that we know that these things existed tells us just mathematically that there are other races and species 
that we should be able to contact and be able to work with. But you have we we'd always talk about you and I about Republican short sightedness on social services on uh, on on the futuristic weapon sharing and all of that stuff that we we constantly are arguing. But the thing that I think we all tend to ignore is starting ten years ago. Uh, if you remember President Whitmore after the 96 war, after we started to rebuild, you know, as, as information started to be able to be shared over radio and television again, you know, spoke about the importance of working with SETI, who was the group that first identified the alien mothership as it approached Earth and really expanding their funding. And we did so. And we had a security blanket basically that reached out within no ship would be able to approach us within three to four years before us knowing. And now. Republicans have defunded that. They've defunded NASA and and a lot of our space programs. They, they don't mind the weaponry. They keep building up all of the weaponry, but then they don't want to share it. But as far as you know, exploring and trying to reach out, the, the fear that the right has, it's a jingoistic fear of if we talk to aliens from another planet, that what's to say that they won't come and blow us up? And while there, there is a truth to that, I just refuse to believe that the galaxy is made up of intelligent species who are all hell-bent on destroying us. These locusts are basically, they're properly named, man. They're a locust. They're a plague. And I know what you're saying. And I look, the, the Democrat in me, the liberal in me wants to support you and agree with you. But we've had this fight before, man. Everything that we know about these aliens tells us that they are a war people that they do not care and as much as when i was growing up you know i was raised in the school of star trek man where you you know peaceful coexistence and non-interference but their way of living is to declare war and to destroy species we got that from their historical archives so as much as i i don't support the you know bagging and tagging of any aliens that we find and placing them in the area 51 you know prison that we've got there's which of course is not confirmed but everyone knows that that was confirmed i I look i i saw the special on newsweek uh, from newsweek just like you did they sent a reporter there undercover but you know they still deny it and until there's an official confirmation there's no need for an official policy aj that's what i love about the government now well i think i think we both know where it's at go ahead it's at area 51 well no i mean that that's the thing like we we Area 51 never existed, right? All the way up until 96, it doesn't exist, it doesn't exist, doesn't exist. Suddenly there's a, a mothership blown up outside of Las Vegas, and the planes are down within 20 minutes, and everyone's going, oh, where did those planes come from? Oh, no, don't worry about it. It took them four years just to admit Area 51 existed. They've started imprisoning those people. I, I don't know if you – how much have you read about that Congolese re- remnant that was fought off by the locals? That was a 10-year cell of locusts that were controlling sections of the Congo, and – you know, that, that government didn't want help, and these Congolese rebels fought off, you know, an alien brigade. It was the most heroic thing that mankind had done since the War of 96, and what, we're supposed to believe that they were all wiped out, or, or, that, or even better, that the Congolese have them imprisoned? No, I don't think so, pal. Those people are at Area... People, those locusts are at Area 51, and honestly, in my opinion, rightfully so. They're, they, you can't... AJ, I, I love one of the reasons I love you, man. One of the reasons work so hard is you've been through so much with this survivalist shit, and you still hold on to the idea that there could be a peaceful resolution to this. But as liberal as I am, I don't see that. What I do see, though, as a liberal, is that this is a whole world thing, and the fact that we're not embracing that really bugs the crap out of me. And I lost a lot of friends. Look, I lived; you were living rural, so it was different. 
But I was there when that ship came over Chicago. We were on the Eden's Expressway on foot. My dad and I were walking with my sister and my mom. My sister was crying because she left behind all of her stuff. And we're walking up, and we saw that ship come over the lake, man. And it went right over the city, and it was just a big, bright flash. And I know, you know, they, they talk about the people we lost in the five years following. But on that day, man, like I lost some friends in that city. And I just, I cannot allow myself to ever forget that I lost those friends. So when when people talk to me about talking to the locusts as, as enemy combatants that we should treat them equally, I say the hell with them. They're coming here to wipe us out. So if that's going to be the case, then we should do everything we can to get the intelligence. Do you think that we shouldn't be... St- the, the well, problem- it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like any other thing. I mean, I think there should be some... You know, go for some civilian uh, power and everything. Here's the thing. Like I said, I'm all for the defense, but we don't have the necessary funding for science research. We don't have the necessary funding for people here that are still struggling since 96. And even though we need to prepare ourselves for any, uh, any intergalactic battle, that we have to confront, but we still have a planet. We still we still have people here that need to be taken care of. So why not, you know, fund the science research in, in order for us to figure out what we need to do while simultaneously trying to help those here on Earth, whether it be housing, food, education, whatever, because if we don't focus on ourselves, then how can we even fight the locusts? At all, except for, you know, putting people into the military and we have a big, beefy defense budget and all that while, well, you've seen it. I mean, we're, we're having, uh, well, let's just say it. We have more stupid people on this planet. Um, we have a lot of people who just don't give a shit of what's going on and everything. And for what? Because Mitch McConnell and the other Republicans um, are just don't give a shit about us, quite honestly. I'm not saying that they're for the locusts, but at the same token, they don't give they don't a shit about the common species for us. While their big thing is like, we gotta get those, we gotta get the aliens. Uh huh. Uh huh. I mean, well, you know I, what I'm saying? No, I, I completely understand what you're saying. This is also the same group of people that five years ago was trying to promote the idea that there were shape shifting aliens among us, and that's where the Democrats were coming from. That was my favorite. Little one of the last five years, you had just, you know, the Tea Party movement that came in that was trying to say, oh, well, no, there's aliens among us. And that's why there's liberals, because they want us weak when everything happens. And you just kind of look at them and go, no, motherfucker, the the problem that we have with your position is that if the entire world is stronger, then we are all exponentially stronger. Not to mention, you talk about the budget concerns as far as food, housing and everything for the millions of refugees who still exist. I mean, look, we had just finished rebuilding most of New Orleans uh, after that third wave attack. It took them seven years to get them back. They rebuilt the dikes. They did the whole thing, brought everything back to the way it was, and then boom, (laughs) Katrina hits. And all those people get get displaced. And the problem with that was without the infrastructure – 
as a result of that attack, it has been next to impossible to get those people back to New Orleans. So you have people in camps all over the United States that aren't being fed. I mean, the food riots at the places in, in Iowa and Kansas have, have are horrible things. Uh, luckily, it hasn't been the Earth Defense Force that's been involved in that. Uh, it, for some reason, by the way, we still have four separate branches of the United States military, not to mention the National Guard and the Coast Guard. We have... You know, all of those huge expenditures on our books, plus all of the money that we're sending away to the to the defense fund. And, and at the same time, if we allowed the technology to be shared more openly, if the right would just get the hell out of the way and let us send the specs to China, to Japan, to send them even, you know, there, there are countries that do amazing things. The, the Swiss have done amazing things adapting this stuff to cold because they have to, because it's freaking cold there all the time. They've, the, the technological advances other countries are making are just as impressive as the United States, but we act like we're better. We have this arrogance about us, especially on the right, that doesn't allow us to cut government spending enough on antiquated military technology. Look, I love the U.S. Army just as much as you do, but it's, it's a passe organization at this point. It's, it's not necessary, and definitely not at the levels that we're funding it. In the last 20 years, defense spending on all four branches of the American military have gone up. They've gone up as we've built this massive other force. So... You tell me, AJ, is that anything other than the lobbyists trying to make sure that the defense contractors are still able to make? I mean, for Christ's sakes, we are still making AR-15s. We have pulse guns out on the streets in the holsters of cops, but the Army is still buying one million AR-15s every year. There's an insanity to that. Well, tell me I'm wrong. The problem is it's it's what you're talking about, the gun lobby. um, You know, when Lockheed Martin started putting out those pulse guns, um, Not to mention to the, 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 the corporate takeover of JPL and, and all the shit that's been going on over there. Well, there's that, but you know what the other problem is? Enlighten me. The other problem is this. The country allowed Arnold Vinnick to become president of the United States. Yeah. We I, had good years under Bartlett, and then the country allowed Arnold Vinnick to become president, and look what happened. And everyone thought he was this humanitarian guy, but he's a reckless Republican who just cared about defense. That's all he cared about in everything. And but but the, here's the it, thing. It's not defense. We keep saying defense, and defense implies... What that, else do you want to call it? I, I want to call it military expenditure for no fucking reason is what I want to call it, AJ. So defense. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, we need to spend money on defense for the global threat that we all face. Look, President Whitmore, and, and there's a lot of sketchy details about what happened over those three days, but a lot of reports have come out. You know, you, you, you had uh, President Lucas, you had the um, you had general, the, the Marine general, all of those people come out and say to us that during those three days, you know, he was at a level of stress that no one has ever seen. You know, there's claims that he was controlled, mind controlled by aliens at some point and that the locusts were in his head. We've heard reports of that happening, you know, in the Congo and other places where they were left out. And everyone who's experienced something along those lines swears that these things are coming back. And I, and I don't doubt them, but to focus on, border issues to focus on natural resource issues when 
the one good thing that's come out of this technological advancement from these alien things is, you know, fuel concerns don't exist anymore. We, we've, we've moved over to that repulsor system. Yeah, we still have our internal combustion cars. That's a whole thing with the oil lobby and with, with the, the motor industry, which, you know, I remember those Ford commercials with Clint Eastwood where they were talking about how it's patriotic to buy an internal combustion engine because it keeps people working when everything says, why don't you just switch over to the pulse? Like you're going to stop building cars with the repulsor technology, whatever. It doesn't matter. The, the, the point of all of this, you talk about Arnie Vinnick coming in and, and just really forcing that isolationist agenda down America's throats for four years. Then we had, you know, the, the, the just the president Lucas come up and all, all of these things have led us to a point right now, AJ, where we are looking at the 20th anniversary of the most important day in human history and not enough has changed. That's really what I believe. I was 13 years old when that shit started. I ran for my life just like everybody else did. And I felt like coming back as I got older, as I was in high school, as I was in college, the lesson seemed to be we are one world first, we are countries second. Your culture is your culture, but the world needs to work together. And I feel, I feel like we've lost that in the 2000s. I feel like we had a moment of unity, you know, right there at the beginning of the century, and then just bickering between the two parties and specifically the right blocking every major initiative that was going to help us going forward has split us further than we've ever been. I mean, there are rumors right now that in the next election, how he survived, by the way, the New York thing, I don't understand, but there are rumors that in the next election, Donald Trump is going to run, which is insane. I mean, the guy's a realist, failed real estate magnet, and most of his properties got blown up, but the dude just managed to get life on television trying to rebuild his shit, and they did that stupid apprentice show on CBS that it's just, it's that man's going to run for president. That's how divided we've gotten. Think about it. I mean, I'm not saying he's got a chance in hell, but that dude wants to run as a Republican, which is hysterical because he was a Democrat all through the 90s and 2000s, but now suddenly he's running on the right because that asshole just wants power. That's the world that we live in. A Donald Trump can run for president following this bullshit. We had one world unity, and now the most divisive son of a bitch who just treats women like shit, by the way, is going to run for president. That's the world that we live in, man. So... That's the problem that we have. We allowed Vinick to be president, and now people are allowing this person to run for office for president. And this is where I'm saying people today are stupid. They really are. Because what has Trump really shown for when it comes to either leadership or um, best models to make Earth better and he doesn't show anything at all i mean all of his real estate properties have been demolished in new york and elsewhere um he tried to you know move forward with his um agenda to try other ventures and those really failed and he had his own tv show you, which, you remember trump stakes that's what i'm saying oh my you know? god what a horrible idea you know, and they were made out of locusts. This is what I'm telling you. Um, you really okay? I heard that theory too. Do you really think that that's true? Who else? I mean, he's probably the guy who would do that. Oh man, I, I just love the idea that the the billionaire magnet is going around chopping up locusts to try to make. What's well, the thing? And you know, I mean, I mean, and, like, and someone uh, told me, I don't know if it's true or not. Someone told me that he actually has locusts as his slaves. I've heard that too. 
I've heard like that. building his buildings, not like working in the buildings, but like that's his slave labor is the locust. Now, if this is the case, ladies and gentlemen, this is the very thing I'm talking about. Do you want someone to be this kind of a fascist and everything? Because if you are doing this, then you're really going to piss off the locust even more. I'm sorry. You know, albeit that we don't completely understand them, we completely don't understand them on a psychological level, sociological level, any level. But if you treat them as if, you know, they're just a body with organs and that's it, then, I mean, you just can't treat them the way, you know, people think Trump has treated. These aliens, and I've heard other places. No, no, no. That. Listen, we can disagree on what to treat them as, as far as enemy combatants go. But as an American, especially a Northern American, I, I'm against any form of. That doesn't mean that, and it's it's a weird way to phrase it. But I don't. I'm not against treating the locust humanely. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just simply saying that you have to sometimes realize when you're banging your head against a brick wall that there's no. If they're not going to come back the other way, that I I have believed, and you know Neil deGrasse Tyson. Bill Nye, Bill Gates, Stephen Hawking, they've all supported this idea of using SETI to try to find allies out there in the government. And again, the rights fear, and they're they're just going to constantly try to hide how afraid they are of what could happen. When the truth is, we need the help. We need to know where these guys are from. If for no other reason, then, if they come back and attack again, then I'm telling you right now, AJ, I'll be the first in line to lead the charge to go attack their home world. Because as... as with what? With the stuff that we've built so far. I know that we haven't gotten to the faster-than-light shit yet. I understand that, but that's coming down the line. You know, Dr. Okuda out there at Area 51 has been releasing those YouTube videos where he's been talking about how they've gotten very close to calling what they, what they would call warp drive. In fact, he's the guy who's been pioneering the robotic program to try to send out you know, androids out deep into space. You know, he says that they look like Lieutenant Commander Data from Star Trek. That's his objective. That's what he's going. And, and he's working towards that. I think that that's... The next logical step is exploration and to try to go beyond where we're at. And I know that you agree with me on the exploration. I, I just feel like we need to keep an eye on the defense to be sure. But trying to act isolationist, trying to act like the Earth doesn't, isn't all one thing is what pisses me off. Because we learned in 96. We learned it again with the Congolese thing. We've learned repeatedly that when faced with an, ex, with an external threat, mankind is capable of the one thing that many other species, apparent, hopefully the, Luca, the locusts are as well, we can come together and face a common threat. It's the idea that you could put a cop and a criminal in a sinking boat and they will work together to save each other's lives. Mankind has a tremendous capacity for good. We learned that in 96. We learned that we have the ability to work together. And in the 20 years since, I feel like we've lost sight of that. Because as terrible as that moment was, as terrible as that war was, as many people died as they were, what came out of it was beautiful for so long. Five years of just 
What do you need? We'll get it to you. No, you don't owe us anything. What do you need? We sent food to China. We sent food to Japan. We sent food to Russia. They sent us metal. They sent us, you know, technology. We, we shared in that first five years. And then as the threat got smaller and smaller and smaller and everyone started to realize that they didn't think that this was coming back, we've started to go back to the old shit. And the, Mitch McConnell and the senators, Paul Ryan and the Congress, uh, President Vinnick and his divisive shit, all of that stuff together, not to mention the Vinnick's tax cuts, which we've done shows about for so long. I, I'm actually almost sick of talking about it, but we need, we finally got a Democrat back into office and we, we need to cut those tax loopholes that are at the upper level that are constantly benefiting the 1% who realistically are the only ones who look, those camps still exist in Kansas, in Oklahoma. Uh, you know, we, we see them on the news, AJ, and people act like they're not there now. We've been doing this for 20 years and people still act like it's not a pressing concern. And that offends me as an American, as a human being, we act like, and also I keep mentioning the ones here in the United States. We're not even talking about the ones that are in Scotland, in France. We have the one that's in the Ardennes. We've got the one that's just outside of Berlin. We have the one, ironically, at Auschwitz of all places. And then we have all these places all over the world that are trying to do what they can to feed people, to help people. And then you've got assholes like McConnell. Uh, no, we need to take care of our own. But you're not taking care of our own. So your argument holds no water. If you constantly keep telling me we need to take care of what's ours and you ignore everybody else on the planet, I feel like we are asking for disaster, whether from up there or from within. And I just, honestly, AJ, what I wish we had, I wish that President Whitmore could run for another term. That's what I want. That man served eight years as president during the most tumultuous time in American history and has basically faded from public consciousness since. Um, you saw the piece that they did with him on HBO, uh, on Vice News. He's, he's isolated. He, he doesn't come out much. It's, it's sad what's become of this formerly great man. And there are a lot of people who have said that leading us during that time period is what killed him, at least spiritually. And I, I feel bad about it. But we need a leader. We need somebody to come forth. I always felt that Captain Hiller, you know, he unfortunately died during that test run. On, you know, it's a date that's burned in all of our heads, April 27, 2007. Man, that, that test flight took away what would have probably been one of the most promising political careers. That man was so charismatic, and he was a legit hero. He wasn't even the Charles Lindbergh where, you know, 10 years later he started talking about how America shouldn't be involved in anything. He was an American hero, and I thought that he was positioning himself politically very well. You know, there are people who still call for David Levinson to run, though he's pretty much guaranteed himself the lifetime chair of the Earth Space Defense Force. It, it's... I don't know, AJ. I just we're coming up on the end of the show here. I just going forward, what would you like to see in the next couple of years? Uh, minus, by the way, Donald Trump not becoming president. Well, <laughs> I would love to see, as I said earlier, um, more funding in the sciences. I mean, we have came. We went, we were at a crossroads post ninety six. Up to that point, we thought we were the only ones here. That was the only premise that we ran on. We didn't have the technology to better understand uh, what else is outside of Earth, what's outside of the Milky Way galaxy. And now we have come to this existential crossroads that there is something more beyond us. And that's the one thing that I loved 
after 96 is that a lot of people were, were more open philosophically about what's among us and what's outside of our planet and galaxy. So I am hopeful that, you know, we can still bridge human relations since we've done that also, as you pointed out. Um, we don't have as much of um, the racism and sexism, classism, and homophobia and transphobia. I mean, we've done a lot of bridging there. We have. There's a lot of room for improvement still, but we've bridged tremendously. But we need to be better intergalactic neighbors. And that's why I feel we shouldn't put all of our eggs in one basket when it comes to defense and everything. Um, and if we go on the path of being, you know, nihilistic when it comes to, you know, every little thing that's out there, then I think we're being, we're doing, we're doing ourselves a more of a disservice by being more aggressive towards other more aggressive um, species that are out there outside of our galaxy and nearby. Um, I, mean, I remember going to uh, Hawking's lecture when he was at University of Chicago, and, I mean, he presented a lot of things. And one of those things that he provided is that, you know, we don't need to worry about black holes. We don't need to be worrying about other celestial things. We have to worry about how we can bridge the information that's out there and the information that we have to better understand what our observable universe is or what is outside the observable universe. And I think that's something we need to be doing is understanding what's outside the observable universe because there's something else beyond that. I'm ready for that, man. I'm ready to have really this existential and philosophical high um, if there's anything beyond that because if we don't do that then I think we're going to put ourselves more in harm by just providing more pulse guns, other laser cannons, and other things that are Star Wars-esque when it comes to the battles that we may be facing in the near future. If I were to get my thoughts on the 20th anniversary of the War of 96... Uh, it is also a somber moment. We, we we had this discussion today. It's always important to remember those who passed, those who fought, those who died. But I would also I, I, I would also sum up your argument, AJ, and if you'll allow me a pop culture reference from days gone by, uh, I believe basically what you are saying is that you would like humanity to boldly go where no one has gone before. That's right. Yeah, you know, it's a good thought. Uh, I think before we sign off today, we should all reflect – on President Whitmore's words on the 4th of July, 1996, when he said, mankind, that word has new meaning for all of us today, and we can't be divided by our petty differences anymore. And I wish, I wish that the right and a lot of people in this country would understand the real meaning of those words, which is that we are all mankind, and we all need to work together, and that the person starving in the camp, you know, could just as easily have been you. You know, it was, it was lucky that if you managed to get out of that war with most of your assets and most of your life intact because people like you aj who were on the run basically for five years it's those people will never understand what it was like to have everything taken away from them 
because they didn't, their lives didn't really change. And that's why when an asshole like Trump, who spent all of 96 in a bunker safe and sound and came out and started trying to act like he had done some amazing things, you know, he showed up in Chicago trying to build that stupid skyscraper and the city just told at least he didn't have the power there. And, you know, the mayor Daly just told him to go screw himself, which is what needed to happen. But as we look forward to the next 20 years, hopefully, uh, first, I hope that they don't come back. But if they do, I hope that we're ready. Um, I think that Area 51 needs to be investigated. I agree with you on the civilian oversight to a point. I want to make sure that we're not crossing the lines that would make us uncomfortable as human beings. I mean, I sure as shit wouldn't want to see photos of them, you know, piled up naked on top of each other, that kind of shit. That's the, the stuff that we don't do in this country, and we've never done. And it matters to me that we not do them. But intelligence... I go back to a Saturday morning cartoon that I used to watch back before 96 happened. There was a show called Battletech. And I think both of us will agree with this sentiment at the very least, and that is that information is ammunition. That your, your best bullet is not nearly as effective as the best intelligence. If you know what's going on, it's a hell of a lot better than having the weapons to fight when you're surprised. And more than anything else, I, I join with uh, Professor Tyson, with Bill Nye, with Stephen Hawking, with Steve Jobs before he passed, with Bill Gates. Increase the funding to SETI. Let's know that this shit is happening before it does. Would you agree? I do, and there's another quote that we should be thinking of as well. What's that? If you love something, let it go. If it comes back to you, it's yours. If it's run over by a car, you don't want it. Okay. All by Alf. All by Alf. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Out Front with AJ Nick. Uh, again, uh, in memoriam to those who passed in the uh, War of 96, I feel that it is important that we play this wonderful music that was written by James Horner in the uh, immediate aftermath. So we'll play this, and then uh, thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter, Shutdown Podcast One, and you can email us, Chicago Podcast Network, at uh, gmail.com. And other than that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We out. Uh, AJ, so that was our fake show. I think that that went much better than either of us expected. I know, right? We stayed in character. We committed to the bit. I think we're ready for SNL. What do you think? Oh, I've been ready. That's what I'm saying. Lauren, got us. We, we, you don't want us on camera. Nobody wants that. But we would definitely be great as, you know, it's Saturday Night Live. We could do that. I think we could do that pretty well. Of course. I was just saying. Um, in case, folks, you haven't li understood from listening to this show, we embrace the War of the Worlds idea. Commit to the goddamn bit, although AJ kind of threw it out with the elf line at the end. What the hell was that? This is like post-game now. I'm treating this like post-game. <laughs> we did a whole bit. Everything was very so, serious. Okay, Everything. so let's, let's talk about the flaws that we did. Okay, go ahead. Uh, first of all, I don't know why you just threw in Arnie Vinnick. I mean, I got it. It was a West Wing <laughs> reference, but seriously, man? Come on. Hey, in, my in my universe, West Wing is a good natural transition from Whitmore's presidency. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Um, 
Although I will say that as your broadcast partner and and and, and business partner, technically, uh, I'm ashamed of the fact that you did not do the research that I sent you, which was the timeline thing, because they do have like three fake presidents on that website. But I that, know. It's, <laughs> I, it's, I just felt like in my creative universe that... So in your world, we go from an Air Force pilot who fought in the war to a Northeast liberal elite in President Bartlett. And right. then went to a conservative in Arnie Vinnick. Therefore, by the way, completely dissuading the Jimmy Smith's presidency. Yes. And, okay. And then from that, you, I extrapolated that we caught back up with the ID4 universe. Yes. That's why I threw in the President Lucas thing, because technically that's it. Uh, by the way, this is being recorded. I hope you realize that. I know. Uh, okay, good. But all in all, I thought that was fun. I hope that anyone listening had a good time with that. For those of you who don't listen, yes, I saw that movie 17 times in the theater. It is not my favorite movie. It's not even in my top 20. It just happens to be a movie that I love because it is so stupid and bad. And I would like to remind you that when you say that and people get defensive, the entire alien race of locusts is defeated with a MacBook. Not even a MacBook Pro. Just a MacBook. So you can take what you want with that movie. But I, I really enjoyed doing that. Are you- well, I had fun, too. And then that's what I like about the uh, World of the Worlds-esque type of thing to it. That's was my favorite radio show. My radio show, um, listened to it growing up and everything. And then Tom Cruise fucked it up with the movie. But that's here nor there. So um, nah, Spielberg fucked that one up. Well, that's true also. Um, but, yeah, it was great. I yeah. loved it. All right, folks. Well, I hope this gets you ready for Independence Day Resurgence, which, for the record, is getting amazing reviews. It got an 8.0 on IGN. It got, it's getting like 90% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. People are saying, as long as you go to it, knowing what to expect, you'll enjoy the movie, which, what are you expecting a Best Picture candidate? Because I'm not. I just want to watch shit explode and then have people kill aliens, That's because that's fun to me. Uh, AJ, thanks so much for doing this. This was fun. We should do something like this again for another big movie. Oh, we should. All right, man. This has been Out Front with AJ and Nick. I am Nick Serranos, joined over the interwebs and Skype with my good buddy, AJ Signary. AJ, say goodbye to the people. Bye, people. That was the real one, not the fake one from the last one. Uh, this is uh, You can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. Find us on Twitter, Chi-Town Podcast One, and you can email us, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. Otherwise, I hope you enjoyed our little play, our little scene that we did. AJ, if you'll join me in a and scene. Nah. There we go. He came in at the end. That's all I can ever ask for. <laughs> Other than that, that whole thing was improv. No scripts, no nothing. We just started talking. So, you know, give us the props that we deserve. Other than that, we out. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You have been listening to the Chicago Podcast Network.